time for Law Corner with Gareth Abdenor, who's from Mallion Co. He's an employment law specialist and advises employers and employees on all aspects of the employment process, including documenting the employment relationship, disciplinary processes, terminating employment, all sorts. Gareth also is one of New Zealand's experts in privacy, information and technology law, as it turns out. He's a genius. Um, <laughs> Gareth, provi- <laughs> Gareth provides uh, specialist advice and education in relation to compliance, data privacy, data and privacy breaches. So it's all there. If you've got a question for Gareth, 0800 801080 or text 9292. A very good afternoon, Gareth. Thank you, Si. Hi, yeah. Gareth. How are you, Hi, mate? Phil. Well, the, the phones have come in thick and fast straight away, so do you mind if we go straight to the phones, Gareth? Let's go for it. John's on the line. Um, I'll just take John, Tyler. Yeah, he's put them back to me. So, very good afternoon, John. Yeah, hi. Um, hi. Hi, Gareth. Um, my, my question is this. If you're doing an apprentice, okay, and your employer insists on you going onto a contract as to signing up as under wages and also being listed under BCITO, how strong is a contract as opposed to a PAYE? My assumption to that is that if you're if you're being put on a contract, you should be qualified in the job that you're doing, i.e. build a plumber gas fitter, so you know what to do. But when you're under an apprenticeship, how can how can a contract be enforced? Well, John, there's um, there's a lot to your question, um, and if I understand it correctly, uh, it sounds to me that you are asking about uh, the difference between being an employee on PAYE and being an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. Now, that really depends on what the parties agree. Uh, an employer or a company can't force someone to be a contractor, but then they can't force them to be an employee either. It's based on agreement. So uh, whether it's you or someone that you know, if if you agree with someone to be employed by them, then you have the appropriate style of contract for that relationship. If, on the other hand, you agree to be an independent contractor, then you would have a different type of contract for that. Does age come into it, Gareth? Because I, I, I was thinking about while the caller was talking, is that so? You've got a somebody straight out of high school. Is it is it appropriate for them? Do you feel to become an independent contractor, or would they be better off on wages? I think it would definitely be unusual for someone who's very young to be an independent contractor. But then again, as I keep seeing, um, there's some really smart young people out there. Um, They've really got it together far more than I did at that age. Uh, So, you know, there may be cases where that is appropriate. I guess the real thing is if you're not comfortable, uh, take advice. Uh, Go and and seek advice, whether it's from uh, the uh, MB uh, they've got a really good website or, or going and seeing a lawyer or some other professional advisor. Does that help you, John? Um, yeah, thank you, Gareth. Um, I, I, the reason why I ask this question because it's, it needs to be open-ended to all apprentices that go on. In my situation, in my son's situation, he did go on contract and it turned rather nasty, okay, in the sense that he was forced to do jobs that... Um, that were just digging holes all the time. So he was a builder, okay? And he wasn't actually being trained as as an apprentice, even though he was signed up under BCITO. 
And the thing is, like, when we took it up with BCITO, BCITO said, look, it's an employer-employer situation. Um, we ended up taking these people to, um, to the tribunal, or not quite to the tribunal, under mediation. And in my opinion, I believe my son had a very strong um, case. In saying that, the outcome could have been two. One, we took the outcome of um, a payout, or alternatively, we could have taken them to court and that would have exposed my son as well as the employer. And, you know, in, in any type of industry, whether it be building, plumbing, everyone, or anything like that, everybody knows everybody else mm. in the situation. Yeah, that's true. So the reason why we didn't pursue the legal road of going to court was protect was in particular to protect my son's identity. Yeah, yeah. Now, in saying that, he is now with another builder, okay, and he's under PAYE and he's doing his apprenticeship and he's getting through his books. Good well, John, I, I, you know, I mean, this is a perfect example, and I, I, I'd hate to sound like the the hippie in the room, but <laughs> but sometimes these things happen for a reason, and it sounds to me like your son's in a much better position now than he was. Yeah, very good, good indeed. Thanks, John, John. Thanks so much. Can you, I ask one quick question? What does BCITO stand for? It's an industry training organisation. Thank you. Anne is on the line. Hi, Anne. Hi. Hi. Hello. You've got a great question of Gareth. He's listening in. Yeah, um, my cousin, she um, was walking along the street and she tripped over a root on the footpath and broke a leg. She was off work for six weeks, and she was able to go back to work now, but um, they've asked her that they got her to sign a new contract, and now she's on casual, so they haven't actually rung her to do any work because she's only on casual, whereas before, over a period of many years, she actually had set hours, and now she's got nothing. Oh, well, well they, first I they do that? hope her leg healed. Um, <sighs> But uh, that certainly sounds uh, it sounds like a few red flags there, and I think it would be a good idea for her to take some advice on that. Okay. And thank you very much for your call. If you've got a call and a question of Gareth, 0800 80 or you can text 9292. Very quickly, Craig says on text, Gareth, um, employment law question. Firstly, can a company give you a permanent employment contract that says you will only work three days a week? but then also say you must work overtime as required? And secondly, can they say uh, can they say that they can give you two weeks' notice and force you into unpaid leave? Does that make sense to you? Well, the, the first part um, definitely makes sense. Uh, if you are being required to work overtime, the law has recently changed and says that if you're being forced to be available to work, you have to get some sort of compensation for that availability. Mm. Now, it may be a case, and, and there are many industries like this, where people are happy to do overtime. They, they want the extra pay for that. And if they agree to that, well, that's fine. But if you're being forced to be available, uh, it is quite likely that the employer will have to pay you for that availability in some way. Great. Thanks Good for your question, Craig. Simon Barnett and Phil Gifford Afternoons. New for 2019. Your dynamic duo until four. Call 0800 80 1080. Thanks to Dulux Wash and Wear. The choice for a superior washable finish. News Talk ZB. Thank you for joining us. We're with Gareth Abdenor. This is Law Corner through until four o'clock. Uh, Dawn, let's go straight to you. Hello, Dawn. 
Hello there. Hi there. Hi, welcome How are to the you? show. Yeah, we're great, thanks, Dawn. We've got Gareth good, listening good. in. Okay. Uh, the question is um, that a friend of mine's son has been employed full time, but they can only offer him two days a week. They don't tell him which days of the week he should come in. Um, they will tell him the day before, can you come in tomorrow and the next day? But which, which then means that he can't get another job to fill the other days because he doesn't know which days is going to work for them. Mm. And, and, and this is exactly the situation that I was talking, talking about with the last caller. Uh, the law changed a couple of years ago when the fast food companies were requiring people to be available. So that's a zero hour contract. The zero hours contracts. Um, oh, yeah. And so the, the government amended the law to uh, do away with zero hours contract. I guess the, yeah. the irony of that is the law change didn't actually prevent zero hours contracts, but it had other consequences, which meant if you're requiring someone to be available, but you're not guaranteeing them hours, then you have to compensate them for that availability. So that's yeah. law now, is it? That's law now. Right. Okay, so you can go back to them and, and tell them that. Yes, definitely. Do you negotiate compensation or is that a set thing? No, you need to negotiate it. Right. Um, okay. So okay. I, if, if I was him, I'd, I'd be talking to the employer and, and trying to come to some sort of agreement uh, that works for both parties. Yeah, that's but, good. But just very quickly, so I've got this absolutely clear, for a person in that situation, they can demand something. But, 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 but the level is not set for the compensation for being basically available. That's correct. So if you're required to be available, yeah. but the work isn't guaranteed, yes. there needs to be some sort of compensation for that availability. But they haven't set a level. No, and, and that's the difficult thing that yeah. we grapple with, where you have to work out what's reasonable. Right. I'd say my my hourly wage, which would be the you know, just the normal wage you normally <laughs> yeah, get. Yeah, I mean, I've got to say, yeah. most yeah. Anyway, we'll tricky. Move off that, yeah. Philip, very good afternoon. Welcome to the show. Yeah, hi there. Good. Hello. Um, so, uh, my, my question is: um, it doesn't matter so much uh, what industry you're in, but let's say construction or forestry, um, and you're uh, in the workplace, and there's some um, serious safety breaches. You raise it with management, and um, they are notifiable events to work safe, but are not being notified. You, in your code of conduct, you um, you can't have a uh, phone at work, but you bring your phone and you take photos of these events. Um, and then, can a company terminate your uh, your employment? Well, there's there's quite a lot to that. Uh, certainly, if there are health and safety things going on, you you should be raising them. And if you're raising them to management and they're not doing anything about it, well, then I'd seriously be questioning whether I want to be continue working for that employer. Uh, if there is a code of conduct that that says you are not allowed to bring your cell phone onto site and and you disobey that, well, then there may be a consequence to that. Um, I guess it's that that old saying: two rights, two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah. Sure. Um, so. I don't really know what the answer to that situation is, but sure. uh, there may well be a consequence for if you also uh, break your obligations. Right, so that's interesting. So even if you have photographic evidence of improprieties on the workplace site, 
if this says no phones, then you still it may not be admissible or something like that if it went further? Well, I think it's likely to be admissible and there's likely to be consequences for the health and safety breaches, if there are health and safety breaches, but there may be a consequence for you also breaking the rules by taking a phone on site. Gee, that's tough. Just quickly, Gareth, in your experience, what we're basically talking about here is what's loosely called whistleblowers, isn't it? Um, there are exceptions for whistleblowers, yeah. and, and there's particular laws that apply to whistleblowers. Um, but often what happens is people aren't actually whistleblowers, and then they want to take advantage of that. Um, right. So, unfortunately, these things are very rarely as simple as they seem. Yeah. Mm. Does that help at all, Philip? Yeah, yeah no, it's an um, uh, interesting thing, you know. Good. Thank Thanks, you very man. much, mate. Really appreciate you taking the time to phone us. Uh, Gareth says this texter, John in Queenstown. Uh, Gareth, if I normally work Tuesday to Saturday, am I entitled to a day in lieu when public holidays fall on a Monday? My boss has told me you can't Tuesday eyes a holiday the way you can Monday eyes one that falls on a Saturday, <laughs> Sunday, says John. Oh, goodness me. Um, the best advice I can give you is to go to the MB website, which has a really good breakdown of how uh, payment for public holidays work. And I, I, I will freely admit that that's often the place that I go to as a starting point. Really? So um, I would be uncomfortable uh, trying to give uh, the caller an answer over the radio without actually sitting down and plotting it out. And okay. what's the name of the website again, sorry? It's uh, the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment. Great. Uh, my trucking company expects me to work 60 plus hours a week. Can they legally do that when my contract states a 40 hour week guaranteed by them? Um, it seems unlikely and it certainly concerns me uh, that a job where you are required to uh, be paying attention um, like driving a truck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'd be quite concerned if you were working 60-hour weeks. Um, if you are only, if you're only contracted to work 40 hours a week, uh, then then that's generally all you're required to work. Um, however, most employment agreements do have a clause in them that says uh, you may be required to work extra hours from time to time. Mm. That needs to be reasonable. So, okay. so if you're being required to work an extra 50% every single week, uh, that sounds unreasonable to unreasonable. me. Unreasonable. Yeah. Good one. Last question before we leave it uh, says, uh, hey, guys, uh, Gareth, you were amazing and knowledgeable a few weeks ago, so thank you very much. So much valuable information you shared. When leaving a job, how much notice should you give? If your employee then says, well, I want you to leave right away, must they pay you in how many weeks? So generally the employment agreement will say, how much notice you have to give. Uh, in some very rare occasions, the employment agreement doesn't actually say, and then you need to work out what's reasonable. Uh, back in the day, we used to use pay periods as a kind of guideline. Yeah. Uh, so generally, it would be at least a pay period. Um, if your employment agreement says you have to give four weeks notice and you give your four weeks notice and the employer says, no, I want you to finish immediately, the general rule is that they have to pay you those four weeks. Right. 
Because you were prepared to work them That's if, right. if, if required. Yeah. That is brilliant. Gareth, thank you so much. Thanks, I should mate. mention too, the content of this segment is general in nature and is not legal advice. Any information discussed is not intended to be a substitute for obtaining specific professional advice and should not be relied upon as such. Gareth Abdenor, partner with Mally & Co. Thanks so much again, mate. My pleasure. It Thanks, really Gareth. is good stuff. And good thank man. you for your calls and questions. If we didn't get to the text this week, uh, don't, don't worry. We'll try and do it next time around, which is in two weeks' time.